What's up, guys? So recently, I've been watching How to Get Away with Murder, the show. It's on Netflix. It's great. You guys should watch it. But I'm hooked, man. Like, it's funny because when I get really hooked onto a show, that's all I want to watch. Like, other than doing this, like, either editing videos or recording podcasts or, like, emailing people, that's all I do. So, outside of work, like, I haven't played video games in a while. So, that's all I've been doing, watching Netflix. But I hope everybody's well. I hope we're all doing good. Big fights coming in March. Make sure you listen to the whole episode. Remember, follow me, Punch in the Mouth Official, Instagram official underscore PITM on Twitter, and give a like and subscribe to Punch in the Mouth TV. Videos are coming. They're done edited, and I just need to go make the thumbnails. But we'll get there. We will get there. It'll become a smooth process once all the hard learning is done. We shall get there, guys. All right. Deuces, guys. Peace. What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody's doing well. Episode number 79 here. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, I said I wasn't going to be doing this this week. That wasn't the plan, but I couldn't get my procedure. So we're going to let that happen in March and continue from there. But let's get into it. A lot of stuff came out between the last episodes and today so let's get into it first up the big news francis Ngannou is no longer a part of the ufc there's a video i made that will be coming out either later today you'll, you'll see it soon so make sure you're following punch in the mouth tv but listen to this francis Ngannou, the african champion who wanted to change the ufc and is leaving on principle i'm not gonna read the whole thing but it says it is remarkable that anyone would think Francis Ngannou left the UFC to avoid a showdown with John Jones, who will finally return to the octagon. UFC president Dana White's point of view is that the Cameroonian wanted to fight weaker competition for more money and wasn't interested in facing Jones, although nothing could be further from the truth. Like, this goes back to what I've been telling you guys, right? You can make better money outside the UFC. Like, I guarantee you, and maybe it's not financial-wise, it's not more than what the UFC is offering, but they have more freedom. Now, like, for Bellator, I know they structure some contracts, like for MVP, that he could go do other stuff, like bare-knuckle boxing or box. Now, I don't know if that comes out of his Bellator pay. I wouldn't think so. I would think that the organization that they do that with drafts up a one-fight deal for the fighter and pays them, so he could probably make more money that way. Like, if he were to go to Bellator, who says that Top Rank and Showtime couldn't work out a deal to have Francis fight Tyson Fury, or zone or Matchroom Boxing, who uses zone and Showtime, because I know a lot of their fighters 
fight on the zone at times. Or even with PBC, that they use Fox. Or Mayweather promotions. You never know, bro. You never know. So that could be what entices Francis. Um, but let, let's see what else it says here. How could Ngannou want, not want to go up against the biggest star in UFC history? According to why he had offered his champion the highest paid heavy, to be the highest paid heavyweight champion in history with a contract even bigger than the one given to Brock Lesnar. That wasn't good enough for Francis, a man who has been through a lot at 36 year old, years old. He left Cameroon at 26 to try to get to France. Once in Morocco, Spain was his next transit country. The barbed wire in Mel- Melina, I will never forget it. I have scars everywhere on my ribs, my legs, on my feet. Ngannou explained. He gave up this route and arrived in Spain by boat. He said he was in prison for two months, although he was actually in a center for the intermediate of immigrants. He left for France upon his release and soon realized that he did not like his living conditions, so he takes his sporting career even more seriously. The predator has not disclosed the figures he discussed with White, but what White didn't like was the f- that a fighter would try to change his business model in the slightest. Regarding the contract, Ngannou wanted to sign for a three fights. Two against John Jones and one against Miocic. And as he explained, the UFC did not refuse these opponents, but three fights seemed too few. In any case, then came the demands that White did not even want to sit down and study the rights for fighters to control their own sponsorships, health insurance for all company fighters, and to have agent representation in UFC meetings. Okay, this part is not correct because they do have agent representation in UFC meetings. That's how a lot of these people get the deals done. What he said was a fighter advocate. Like for these things like healthcare. And like he he knew that he wasn't going to get all these things. That's what these articles are getting wrong. He said he used these things as an example like healthcare, a fighter advocate. And sponsorships. He knew. He's like, if I could get one thing, I probably would have signed. He's like, I knew I wouldn't get all the three of these things, but if I could get one thing, I would have signed. That's what he said to Ariel. And then with that, um, with that, um, being said, you know how Francis trains at Extreme Couture. Supposedly, what Francis told Ariel was, he goes. They told me to go ask Randy Couture how this worked out for him. So that's what I did. I went and asked Randy Couture how that worked out for him. So here's an article saying that from Randy Couture. So things were rocky right from the beginning and they stayed that way until Couture left his job with the UFC as an analyst to take the same role at a higher rate of pay for a different organizations. Why well, wasn't happy with how about that and things remain so bad today that it's hard to find even one UFC created highlight video couture on YouTube. Yikes. Yeah, I'm obviously still persona non grata with Dana White. Obviously they own the rights to the actual competition. That's why I'm persona non grata in the first place. Because I stood up and fought for my auxiliary right in my contract when they bought the company back in two thousand one. Auxiliary, sorry. Despite the exile, perhaps the, the most notably encapsulated by Couture being banned from working for his own son's corner back in 2013, 
said he doesn't actually carry around with him any hard feelings about White or the UFC. So this is different, right? Because they're saying, like, go ask Randy how this worked out for him. So Prez's like, all right, I'll go ask him. And then when he got back, he's like, okay, this is different because I want it for everybody. I don't, like, he's like, I want to stay here. I want to stay here. But if you guys aren't willing to work with me, I'll leave. I'll leave. So what ended up happening? This. This is an official press release from the UFC. The UFC returns to T-Mobile Arena with one of the biggest fights in UFC history as number one ranked heavyweight contender Cyril Gaon and former UFC light heavyweight champion John Jones collide in a super fight for the vacant undisputed heavyweight title. Let me stop you right there. It is very disputed. Very disputed. And I'm going to say this. I know I should leave this for the opinion episode, but I'll say it there too. John Jones, March 4th. When is this? I want to say it's March 4th or March 6th. March 4th. If he doesn't go in there that night and absolutely obliterate Cyril Gunn, it's over. Okay? Like, even if John Jones barely wins, it's over. You know, people are going to be saying, well, Francis beat him too. Francis beat him on one knee. So it's over, okay? And it's very, of course, the UFC is a company, so they have to, um, they have to say certain things, but it's very disputed. It is very disputed. But you know what Francis can do is bring back the Whamma belt because he's the Whamma champion. He should do that if he goes to, it only works if he goes to Bellator. I mean, it could work in the PFL because if he were to go fight for PFL, he would just have to put it on the line every time he fights. So, I'm going to get into that a little later, too. Um, So, we'll see that. And then also, that's going to be... So, this card so far has Viviane Arrojo, Amanda Hibas, Bo Nichols going to make his debut, Jeff Neal is going to fight Shafkat Ragmarov, Derek Brunson is going to fight the Chris Duplices, Julian Ars is fighting, my boy, the Cuban Missile Crisis, Julian Marquez, Jessica Penne is also fighting. And the UFC has released Sanjara Eubanks because she missed weight again. And they also announced for this pay-per-view, UFC flyweight champion Valentina Chevchenko will defend her title for the 8th time when she fights Mexican challenger Alexa Grasso at UFC 285 on March 4th. So, there it is. Like, in the turn of events, because she's going to fight Aaron Blanchfield, I thought it would be Tyler Santos, but no, it's going to be Alexa Grasso. But we all know that if Tyler and Valentina win their fights, um, they'll just fight each other again. So there's that. And another thing, going back to Francis, he said, I wasn't free in that contract. Like, if he wants to box, he couldn't box. And I'll leave this for the opinion episode. But he said a bunch of other things that I want to leave out for the opinion episode. Okay, let's keep going. Some other good fights that they've announced. Leon Edwards versus Kamar Usman. Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Fazib. Marvin Vittori versus Roman Dulice. That's going to be on March 18th in London. And right now, that supposedly they haven't signed, but they have verbal agreements in place. Peter Young will fight Marab Dishwashers Billy on March 11th at the Virgin Hotel in Las Vegas. 
Um, and this article says Jan returns to action in March after suffering back-to-back losses in his most recent fights. After falling to current UFC bantamweight champion Alderman starting and then dropping a razor close split decision to Sean O'Malley this past October. In my opinion, Peter won both of those fights, but it's neither here or there. But we shall see. We shall see. We shall see what happens. And now, this is another thing I would like to talk about. And then I'm going to leave some time at the end because... So we all know how Jake Paul, he signed with PFL, right? Everybody knows this. If you don't know, I'm telling you now. He signed with PFL and I think I um spoke about it a little in an earlier episode. But the problem child landed an equity stake in the professional fight league. Fighters League as part of a multi-year contract to compete in the mixed martial arts promotion. He is also set to take home at least 50% of pay-per-view revenue from his bouts, something that will also extend to other fighters who are part of the newly created PFL Super Fighter Division. The union takes plenty of boxes for both parties. It could help the PFL become the MMA promotion of choice for younger audiences. And Paul's appointment head of fighter advocacy seems like a subtle attempt to encourage tension between the internet sensation and Dana White. The former has blasted the Ultimate Fighting Championship president for the promotion's fighter's wage structure. You see, this is interesting, right? Because with the rumors of Bellator being on the market... And Jake, and he has apparently announced that he will fight Tommy Fury, or it has been rumored that he will fight Tommy Fury on February 25th for Showtime Boxing, right? Now, I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, well, why didn't he sign with Bellator instead of PFL? But think about it. If the rumors of them being on the market to being sold there's two reasons. That one that I just gave you, the sell that's pending, like who would buy it, and two, PFL's broadcast partner. One thing I wanted to look up and I didn't was there. PFL's broadcast partner is who? It's ESPN, right? Who else has, has a deal with ESPN? The UFC, right? Let's see. PFL announces broadcast deal with PFL. According to the press release, 7, 2022. Uh, but it doesn't say how long this deal is. Let's say it's for two years. So let's say it's until 2024. Yes, last year was the first year. Wait, yeah, last year was the first year. This is the second year. And then next year, they're going to have to renew. So let's say it ends this upcoming year. And then they have to renew next year. I believe the UFC is with... ESPN until 2025 or 2027. Let me see. UFC ESPN deal. Okay, back in 28, but I think they re there. This deal was already updated because originally they signed for a five year deal. Yeah, there's an updated deal. Let's see. Let's see. How ESPN 1.5 billion broadcast deal with UFC Dana White was fueled by John Skipper's. Nah, this is not it. Um, let's say. Okay, it's a five-year deal. Let, let's say, I know they recently, let's see, the Disney, um, okay, hold on, maybe this one will tell me how much the PFL is. Uh, okay, so let, because I can't find anything new besides this 
hybrid deal. So 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, 2023. So let's say this UFC deal ends in 2024. And I let's say also the PFL. So for sake of argument, let's say the PFL deal ends in 2025. That's the, you still have, look, this article even says, could this move threaten ESPN's relationship with the UFC? In 2019, ESPN struck a deal with UFC to carry it for five years. A deal that will separate digital ride deals to carry 15 UFC fights per year on its new ESPN Plus streaming service. Although it was a $300 million annual deal for a linear and digital UFC rights to carry 42 events per year. So clearly the UFC is a big priority for the U- for ESPN. Could making a separate deal with PFL threaten that? PFL doesn't have the numbers to really threaten the UFC's dominance, but there was a time when the World Wrestling Federation was the only game in town. Things can change over time, and an established brand can sometimes get a bit calcified and thus vulnerable to challenge from a, to a challenge from a hungry upstart. So maybe this is ESPN's. So maybe this is ESPN's was observing an audience needs. That doesn't make this is ESPN's was observing audience needs. That's what that says. Or maybe it can be seen as a way to stifle a potential source of competition. I mean, I don't think it hurts the UFC because a lot of people go, well, if it's not UFC, I don't care. Like, look at world fight the World Fighting League. What happened with that? I mean, I looked at their account recently and almost everybody of know from media that were following them unfollowed them. So... I wonder what happened with that. So we'll get into that later. I'll look into that more later and get back to you guys about that. And look, they said they were going to launch in early 2023. And we're already in February. We're already about to be in February. We're still in January. Relax, Adrian. Relax. So going back to why I believe Jake Paul signed with PFL. If you're on the same platform, if you're watching a UFC fight and then all of a sudden... Jake Paul pops up on your TV. You don't think you can be like, whoa, this guy's fighting in the UFC. Like, no, he's not fighting in the UFC. He's fighting for PFL. You don't think he's going to have a following to bring eyeballs to PFL? You don't think that he's going to be like, hey, look, Francis just got into a dispute with the UFC. Francis, come to PFL. Put your Wemma Bell on the line. Come part of this super division and you'll get 50% of the revenue. And I guarantee you, PFL will give Francis, I don't know about healthcare, but they'll give him a sponsorship that he can wear to the cage. They'll give him whatever he wants. I guarantee you, Bellator will let him go box because that was also a sticking point. Because Francis even said, because I was like, because originally when I heard that they gave John a fight, I'm like, no way. So they wanted to give Francis like 10 fights. But according to Francis, it was a three-fight deal with no extension. So what he means by no extension is he would just have to do the three fights if he goes, let's say, for example, let's say it's a 20-month contract worth three fights. He goes, okay, I'll fight. So he goes in, he fights one. Let's say, let's say he fights two. There's one left. A regular contract for the UFC, like let's say, let's say I sign a 20-month deal with the UFC worth six fights. I do four fights, no problem. I have two fights left. I do them within a year, within a month, within a month. I know fighting four times within a month is a lot, but 
This isn't to be an actual scenario. It's just fiction. So I have two fights left. And Dana goes, all right, Adrian, we want to fight you March 4th in the John Jones car. I'll be like, you know what, Dana? My knee's messed up. Can't really fight right now. So instead of it being a 20-month deal, it now turns into a 23-month deal. Okay, I do my last fight, but I'm getting... I'm getting, I'm getting notoriety. I'm getting notoriety, right? And then Dana goes, all right, Adrian, we want you to fight for the title on your last fight. We want to make a deal, but we'll let you fight for the title if you, for your last fight if you want. So, okay, no deals done. I fight for the title. I win. Bam. Champions clause. Additional three fights for a year. A year. So then what I don't know is once in the clause, if... I turned down fights for the whole year because I believe it's just like your extension's already in place, so you're already in the extension. But I don't know if it's that. If they go, all right, Adrian, we want you to defend against this guy. I'm not ready, Dana. I have a shoulder injury. I don't know if they can do another extension, you know. I don't know that. I don't know. Um, Another thing is, apparently the UFC, after the contract ends, a year matching period takes place, so they could just have you on the shelf. So apparently they waived all that, but Francis says that nobody waived anything, that his sunset clause kicked in, that his contract was over, and that he was free to do anything. So the new contract is like, okay, I want three fights, no extensions. Three fights, no extensions. He was ready to fight John Jones twice and Stipe once because he already beat Stipe. That's what Francis Ngannou was ready to do. So this narrative that people are saying, Francis was scared of John, get out of here with that, okay? Because Francis is the best fighter in the world because he's a heavyweight, so there's nothing above heavyweight. So to me, Francis Ngannou right now is the best fighter in the world. I don't know what would have happened if him and John fought. I don't know. I think now we're going to go see him box. We're gonna... My money is that he should box Deontay Wilder because another thing people are saying is that he's going to get exposed. He's not that great of a boxer. Okay, neither is Deontay. Deontay has power, and he's still one of the best in the world. To Tyson Fury, Deontay's number two, and every he's number one, and Deontay's number two, and everybody else is whatever, and Tyson Fury beat him twice. So if you ask certain people, they'll say three times. But maybe that's why Jake Paul signed with PFL, you know, to get under Dana's skin. And I know him and Francis have a relationship and you never know. ESPN doesn't lose Francis. Only the UFC does. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me. Punch in the mouth. Official on Instagram. Official underscore PITM on Twitter. Later, guys. Peace.